you know, I think I think one of the things that that entrepreneurship teaches us is that at first, you know, I know certainly my first experience with hiring someone in our business, like you think that it's an expense, right? And I think that that's healthy. It gives you a little bit of fear of, can I make payroll? If this person makes a commitment to me, can I make that commitment back that I'm going to get their paycheck to them as I say I'm going to? But then you quickly learn that payroll is an asset that allows you to accomplish more, to, to, to cast the vision and see it come to fruition, whether that's in your business, in your home, you know, whatever that is. As you leverage time and expertise and people, you can go further faster. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today we have an episode where Kara and I are joined by another amazing couple, Nick and Elaine Stagerberg. And we are just super excited for this episode. These two humans um, are just doing... Uh, something that's just nothing short of like extraordinary, like just an amazing story. Um, just two really great humans. And I love the way that they're really scaling the business, working together, and then also like integrating their life with their children and their businesses, which as you know, is, you know, a passion of mine and Kara's, um, you know, starting a business at the age of 24 with three young kids. We we left, I left a W-2 job um, because I did not have the freedom and I was required to work you know, so many hours and I was working out of town and just missing out on the pregnancy with Caton and missing out on my young boys. And that's not what I wanted. So we left and started a business and, um, you know, having grown that business and ultimately invested in real estate and launched many businesses since, um, some, some wins, some losses, it's just been a great experience and watching, uh, Nick and Elaine and the way that they, uh, navigate life and business and integrate, uh, their, their work and their life together. And, you know, just the amount of vacations they take everything. I think this is going to be an inspiring story for you guys. So, um, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Well, I am so excited for this show today and Kara, I'm sure you could, uh, resonate with that, but this couple that we have on the show today has been a personal inspiration for me. I'm not going to spend too much time from my perspective, but watching these two, you know, live their life. We were talking about work life, you know, integration, and these two are masters at it. And it, they've, they've done some huge things. I mean, even just a few years ago, just watching, you know, where Nick was a couple years ago, and where he's at today has been super inspiring. So I'm really excited to get into the episode with Nick and Elaine Stagerberg. Um, gonna just be a great day, right, Carol? Yeah, I'm really excited because Mike came home from a GoBundance event and told me that this was his favorite talk that Nick gave that he's ever experienced at GoBundance. And he has heard a lot of really amazing people speak. So I was like, oh, but wait, we're interviewing these people next week. Like now I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm so excited to interview you guys and just kind of dive into how you guys have built the life that you have built because it's something that everybody desires, but doesn't really know how to get there. So this is going to be a fun, fun conversation. Yeah, and for context, like, sorry. And for context, this was actually scheduled like two months ago or something. So it's just worked out great and mm -hmm. just really excited to get into it. So Nick, Elaine, thanks for being on the show. 
Thank you guys so much. The, you know, the, the pleasure is all ours. We admire you both so much. Just, you know, what you guys have created and your marriage and your family and your businesses. So we're the ones that are like, wow, we can't believe we get to hang out with them for an hour. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, real quick, why don't you give... So usually we start out with questions, but we're just going to skip all of that. We can bring Nick back on my show and Elaine back on Kara's. Give us just a quick background. Yeah. So, you know, my wife and I, we, uh, you know, together uh, own and operate uh, Black Swan Real Estate. So we're a a real estate private equity firm. Uh, We have about a a third of a billion dollars in assets under management. We're uh, vertically integrated. So we have a a property management company. We have our own, you know, maintenance guys and uh, facilities, you know, cleaning team. We, you know, we're truly vertically integrated in a way that, that you know, I find very few firms are. And uh, we, you know, uh, have a very different different perspective on, you know, how to how to kind of uh, build that out. I, I would say versus the the you know the, the common model you find in the industry. But more than anything, I, I, we're very values driven. So it's fun getting to work with uh, with my spouse day to day in the business. Well, mo- most days it's fun. That, that's the thing about working with your spouse is you never have like a medium day. It's either a really good day <laughs> or a really bad day, which I think is a good thing. It, it forces you to to focus on the relationship that matters most. Um, but uh, you know, I had a whole career in uh, in IT uh, before doing real estate. Elaine is a physician trained at the Mayo Clinic and. Uh, and, and she, you know, now has the, the privilege to work full time in the business as well. And uh, you know, in the last uh, last three years, we've gone from you know about three million assets under management to about three hundred and thirty million assets under management, uh, using kind of the you know best practices and and, and skills and, and culture of excellence that we found from from technology and from medicine and and applying that to real estate. Uh, and then uh, you know, most important, we've got a, a seven year old, a five year old, a two year old, and a nine month old. So we like to do mm-hmm. everything at scale. And uh, and we, we really apply all those same principles to our family as well. And, and, and I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they are maybe very good at scaling a business, but they actually struggle the most with their relationships with their, their spouse or with their children. And just maybe they hadn't thought about applying those same principles to their to their other relationships in their life. So look, just a little bit of background on us. Um, I love that you shared that because I'm thinking about just me personally, before we opened our first business, I really thought in my mind that you couldn't have, be a business owner, you couldn't be an entrepreneur and have a happy, healthy relationship and family. I didn't think that that coexisted together. And so I love talking to other couples who have made that work and made it a priority in their lives. And you're so right of actually having systems and plans in place of how you're going to operate because it's so easy to put our spouse or our kids on the back burner because they're always there. And mm-hmm. it's easy to put them on the back burner because usually in your business, something's blowing up, right? So it's easy to put each other on the back burner. But to make that a priority, that just takes a lot more effort, but it makes life so much better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it, it very much becomes rocket fuel, right? Mm-hmm. Whether whether someone's working in their business with their spouse or not, it's it's hard to focus on what we're trying to do at work. If I think I think especially for women, or at least I can speak from that perspective because I, I'm a woman, it's hard to focus on what I want to accomplish at work if you know Nick and I aren't aligned or I'm worried about one of the kids or something. But if I have that piece and it's working really well, then all of a sudden it's like I'm like walking on air and I'm able to just like accomplish that in the business and accomplish that. And that's effortless and that takes care of itself because there's so much energy that comes from these very special relationships in our lives, particularly in intimate relationships. There's just a magnetism and energy. And when when Nick has an idea or I have an idea, 
And, you know, one of us goes to the other and we say, I want to do this in the business. Or what if we were here next year? Or do you think we could accomplish X to have someone that, you know, we are, we're so deeply in love with each other. We have this deep history together. We have this future that we're committed to building together. That's so powerful that there, there's just this like, this like twinkle of like, yeah, like, let's go there together. That sounds awesome. Let's make that happen. Um, and, you know, we have that with our team and, and partners and other things, but there's just something so unique about having that in a marriage as well. So good. What, so I, I want to get into, you know, we were talking about, um, so the concept in my mind of like work-life balance is kind of, it's really challenging. You guys said work-life integration. And I love that word because, you know, and Kara kind of touched on this, but as business owners since the age of 24, you know, with little kids, like we've had to learn to not find a balance, but like an integration because, you know, I mean, even just from a tax perspective, like there's almost no meal that you couldn't write off as a couple in business together because you're always talking about business. And so I want to get into the work-life integration, but real quick, something that's on my mind, going from 3 million in assets under management to 300 and some million in assets under management in three years. And I've watched this journey, like, it was almost like when I saw Nick on stage and I knew this was happening, but when he said that, it was like like a Japanese comic. I felt like kapow, like right in the face. <laughs> so I'm curious, like what are the top two or three pitfalls that like married people need to be looking out for when you're going from 3 million to 330 million in assets under management? Holy cow. Or three to 10, it doesn't really matter. And let's not forget they had two kids in that period of time. Which is yeah, even crazier. It, it, I, I thought we had four children, but you're right. We had two of those children in that in that period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing I want to speak to. We just had a, a conversation um, about this yesterday. Like in the car, we like let's go out to the car and have a cup of coffee together. And and, and speaking about what I just spoke about about this energy and this dynamic of of being able to grow a business and a life with with a significant other is. I remember a time where we had just closed on. I don't know. I think it was like our 12th rental property. And I was so excited. And I was, we had, we had just closed. I was walking through the house. I was in the bedroom and someone called and said, Hey, I want to offer this opportunity to you to, um, to have like a, a, like a sponsorship with my business to grow your platform. And I said, no, I said, you know, it's just Nick and I running the business. I don't think we can handle that level of growth. I really appreciate you thinking about me. I'm just so excited. I just closed on, you know, this 12th or 15th property, whatever number it was. And, and I, I felt like we, like we couldn't get to that bigger place. And then eventually we learned, well, we can get there and we can get there and further and further. And just yesterday I was like, Nick, I have this feeling, let's go to the car. I want to talk to you about this. Do you remember several years ago when we were sort of purposefully stifling our growth because we maybe thought we couldn't get to the next level or we weren't sure how, or we thought it was too complex or, you know, whatever the limiting beliefs were we had in our heads, I'm feeling that again. I'm feeling that. And I see this vision for you and I see this vision for our future. And, and, you know, I was like naming, you know, the greats in our industry. I'm like, you can do that and you can do this and you can be like this person. And I, I, when I look at these other people, I see you in them. Like, what are the things we need to do to stop? I, I literally said, what are the things we need to do to stop suffocating the baby? Like, that's how emotional it felt to me. Like, we are suffocating the baby of our business, d- despite the fact that we've 100x in the last three years. I feel like there's like this next level because I, I experienced it once before of what if we just say yes to more things 
And I know that we can accomplish it together. And I know that we can give each other the energy to believe in it. Um, so just always, just always having this like future look for the vision and this future excitement and this future energy and, and really supporting each other and getting there. And, and, you know, Nick has done that back to me of like, I know you can accomplish these things. I see this, this potential in you. I, I see this power in you, you know, when you're both rowing, you know, so ferociously Mm -hmm. in the same direction, you can get really far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most, most, most couples, like the most common question I think we ever get from, from people that we're, you know, doing a coaching call with just, you know, it's always thinking about investing with us. They'll say, okay, okay. You know, we really want, I I want to invest in your private equity fund. Can you tell me how to trick my wife into letting me invest? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if the, the premise is right here. I, I think we need to take about 10 steps back and, and talk about some mindset here before we can even frame an appropriate question. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of partners that are, that are rowing in opposite directions, uh, mm-hmm. tr- truly. Uh, and, and even if you're kind of going in like slightly different directions, there's just there's this little bit of resistance that that it it slows you down and doesn't slow you down a little bit it slows you down a lot so when you really it, it sometimes is uncomfortable to to have a hard conversation say hey i don't think we're on the same page about this like let's get on the same page about this and even if you don't like the direction your partner wants to go in just know that if you are in complete perfect alignment you're going to go 10 or 100 or 1000 times faster and if they get to the destination they want to get to a thousand times faster, there's a good chance you're going to also get to the destination you want to go just along the way accidentally mm-hmm. or from, from that place they want to get you. It's going to be trivial to get to the place that you want to go, but people don't, I don't know, they just don't have faith in that process. And so they just kind of, they just kind of go in, in slightly different directions. There's just this, this resistance. In fact, the closer you get to your destination, like the further apart you get from each other until you're, it, it almost feels like you're going in opposite directions. And, um, and, and this is not, that maybe that sounds a little bit abstract or a little bit, you know, kind of, kind of woo woo, like um, an example of that. I, I remember the, the turning point for, for Elaine. I, I remember when I, when I stepped away from my W2 job and uh, we were contemplating a purchase of a, like an $8 million deal. And this was by far the biggest deal we'd ever done. We we're having lunch with a broker and we were about to go look at the property and Elaine had to go see a patient. And, uh, and she's like, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to go see a patient. Goodbye. And, and that patient didn't even show up for the appointment, but she had to leave the site of an $8 million decision to go to, I mean, being a, a, a physician is a, is a hallowed profession. And she spent, you know, 15 years training for this, but the, the, the effort involved of, okay, I go to the tour and I have a critical conversation with the broker and then I'm super excited about buying this thing. And Elaine isn't there for that conversation. And now I have to spend an hour of my time trying to explain to her. And it's really kind of a, you had to bend there type situation. And maybe we can't get that $8 million deal because we're, we're not in perfect alignment on that thing. And, and I think, I hope anyone listening to this understands what I'm what, like. They've had that feeling before of like, oh, if only my partner was just, was there and, and knew exactly the feeling that I was feeling, they would have absolute certainty about moving forward in this thing. And instead we're going to kind of hem and haul over this for a month and ultimately, you know, not get the deal in this, in this particular case. Mm-hmm. So that was when Elaine said, you know what, I, you know, I have to be there and, mm-hmm. and I can't leave the side of an $8 million decision to go to a, you know, $300 appointment. I feel like we get that question a lot of just being in alignment. And I, I sometimes you see couples who are both high chargers in competition with mm-hmm. each other as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just love to hear your thoughts of how you guys have 
came into alignment, um, how you guys get each other on the same page, because there has to become a time where the pain is like greater, like what you were just that explanation you just gave, the pain was greater for her to go to that other appointment. So she realized that, but sometimes the partner doesn't realize it. So what advice do you guys have for couples who, you know, they fill out alignment? How do they come into alignment? Mm, That's a good question. Um, I would say some of the things that we have done maybe unconsciously is we just spend a lot of time together, right? So we're running our business together. We have four children together. We we just, you know, we spend a lot of time together. And so there's just a lot of seeing how the other one communicates, seeing how the other one makes decisions. Um, we we have a great deal of faith in each other, mm-hmm. a great deal of, um, you know, I would bet that there are a hundred things I do a day that Nick doesn't agree with. And there's a hundred a day that he does that I don't agree with, but I love him and I trust him and I admire him so much that when I see one of those things, you know, my brain just thinks like, hmm, maybe I would have done it differently, but I know that he he ha- he has a, a great intention, that he's making the best decision he possibly can, that he has a reason why he made that decision. Maybe there's a piece of information I don't have or a certain plan that he has in mind. And I just have to trust it instead of getting kind of wrapped up in, you know, if, if we're talking about something, you know, three hours ago that we didn't agree on, well, then we can't be planning our future, right? So just always just having that faith in each other and and knowing that we're both, you know, working toward the same goals, and we both have great intentions, and maybe we're not doing the exact exact same tactics that the other one would, but we absolutely have the same strategy. And then I think something that goes really closely with that is we're big believers that with anything in life, there has to be one decision maker, whether that's what's for dinner, so that you're not, you know, we've all had that time when you're with a group of friends, there's 10 of you, and like two hours have passed, and you still don't even know where you're going to dinner. There's one decision maker. Um, and it, it's really good for building a team that, you know, there's there's one decision maker for each thing. That doesn't mean that there aren't many people putting in their ideas and inputs and votes, but ultimately there's one decision maker. So when we have an area that like we strongly disagree on, we will decide who is the decision maker for this decision. And then the other knows with full confidence, like no joke, not a technique. We're 100% behind that person. If, if that if the person is the decision maker and they really believe that that's the way that decision should be made, the other person has full support of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really tough uh, sometimes. Uh, this is going to sound almost brutal. So so something we recently started trying is, is uh, we have a list of the things we disagree about, like our top, you know, things that we aren't on the same page about. And how easy is it to just kind of live in denial 99.9% of your time of your emotional existence? Oh, no, no, we're on the same page when that's not actually true. And so and I, I, I threw a block on our calendar where weekly we're going to get together and talk about the things that we have, the, the, where we are for the furthest apart. And some, mm-hmm. of these are, some of these are multi-million dollar decisions where, where Elaine thinks we should do one thing and, and I think we should do another thing. Or and, huge uh, decisions like how many children do we have? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. like one of the biggest decisions like a human being could make, right? Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. and, and so like, like, for example, you know, wh- how do we want to return capital to our, to our investors? So the, the joke is that Elaine raises the capital and I spend the capital. And those are kind of, you know, I do acquisitions and she does investor relations. And, uh, and, and so ultimately I would say that's something that uh, if I, if I don't have a place to immediately put that money, it's very much in her vertical discretion. And so she wins that Trump card, so to speak. And, uh, like just be just be honest with yourself about it and and confront those. It, it, it's not a very comfortable list for me to contemplate, for me to look at. It's not a calendar block that I'm like, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to Elaine about that. 
But if you don't, then you're just going to lie to yourself about it. And when you really are on the same page, when you really are just like both sprinting in the same direction, it is the most incredible feeling ever. And I wonder, I, I bet there's a lot of, you know, partners that that don't really ever experience that feeling. So they don't know what they're missing out on. And if you just try it, you know, even for even for a week, just say yes to everything your partner says. And even if it's not something you want, like you might really enjoy the feeling of just going in the same direction at, at, at lightning speed. Mm-hmm. How many vacations do you guys take a year? Well, first, that would be predicated on the the idea that we can tell when we're working or when we're playing. I mean, yeah, I was like, well, we both just got back from really amazing trips apart, so mm-hmm. we we spend we spend time apart when we travel too. Um, e- Elaine was speaking in Sedona, by the way, at to go on as women. While I was speaking at uh, yeah in Tahoe to go on as men, fun. and then we're going to Sun Valley later later this month. Um, a lot, I would say, we probably spend. 25% of our time traveling for, for one reason or another, either together, separately with our kids. Our kids are getting a little bit older. So we're starting to do this really fun thing where one of us travels alone with one of the older kids. That's so fun. Yeah. Like you just get a whole different look at that relationship. But why do you ask? Well, I wanted to kind of set the stage because I want to I want to kind of drive us into... I, I, I feel like the audience really needs to hear you know, again, like how you guys have integrated your life and and the people that are in your world that support you. And I wanted to set the stage with, you guys are running this uh, multi, multi-million dollar that's going to a billion dollars and above. And I fully believe that it's going to happen. But you guys love each other. You like being with each other. It doesn't mean everything's perfect. But you've created these systems and, um, you know, rules in your life, like there has to be one decision maker and, and have faith and don't suffocate the baby and row in the same direction. You've created these rules, you've created systems, you've put efficiencies in. And I wanted to bring, I wanted to bring that to light first, because I don't want the audience to think that you guys are a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You guys love your family, you love your kids, but you've built a machine that supports mm-hmm. that. So why don't you guys... Uh, dive into that a little bit for us. Like, how do you guys like integrate work and life and who supports you? And what are some takeaways, like some hacks that the audience could use if it's a busy mom or a busy dad or a busy couple? Like, what are some of the things that you guys have done that could really help them like go to yeah. that level? I, I want to speak specifically from the the feminine perspective. You know, there are tons of evidence to show that even today with wonderful husbands, wonderful dads and the change in the culture, women take on a lot more of the burden at home. And, you know, many men are stepping up in terms of diapers and trash and those sorts of things. But women have the mental burden of, well, this kid needs to be at swimming lessons. And there's a birthday party, you know, on Saturday, we need a birthday present for that. It's just the way we're wired. And that's totally okay. There's there's nothing wrong with that male-female dynamic. It's just a, a role that women can can serve their families. Um, and so, you know, we made the decision as we were growing our family to grow our household like a business. So I had a goal that when I drive up to my driveway, this is this is speaking like directly to, to women and mom's hearts. I want to look at my house and know that I do two things in my home, play with my children and I have sex with my husband. I don't mm. do anything else. I play with my children and I have sex with my husband. So when I'm driving home, I'm like, dang, it's the best part of my day. Like, I love it. I get to be with my kids, get to spend time with my husband. And as we grew our business, especially as entrepreneurs, if someone is in, you say, a W-2 profession where they're limited on the amount of time that they're able to work, so maybe they don't have additional income opportunities, it can be harder to outsource some of the things at home. But as entrepreneurs, every hour that we have, we can either spend it on ourselves, on our relationships, or on our business. 
And so we built a team at home. So we have a wonderful full-time nanny that does a ton of our household management stuff. We have cleaners that come in twice a week. We have a, a chef, all of these things. And, and in case that you know sounds impossible, like we've built those like piece by piece. You know, we didn't just like wake up one day and have this whole staff at home. We built it as we built the business to say, you know, hey, we could add another person in our business and get some leverage there. Or, you know, we're spending a lot of time at home cooking and cleaning and doing these things instead of really spending that time with our children, really reading with them, talking about their day at school, getting on the ground with them and playing with them. Let's hire a chef to cook meals for us a few days a week that takes that out so that as soon as we come home, we just have to heat that up and then boom, we're with the kids. And so, you know, building that that system at home that, you know, both partners are supported, but I think particularly the female partner is supported to free up my mind space so that when I'm with Nick or with the kids, I feel very focused on them. I'm not thinking about, oh, I need to, you know, get up and load the dishwasher or there's a birthday party this weekend. I need to, you know, go get the little card for that that kid or whatever. All of that is kind of managed so that I'm just very free to focus on just being with them and loving them and listening to them and playing with them um, and, and passing on our values and our culture um, because we have that team that's supporting us at home in addition to the team that's supporting us in the business. Yeah, I think it's all about casting that vision, just like Elaine described of, you know, I, I come home and, and here are the two things that I do. And uh, first of all, I have to say as, as, a, as you know, kind of the masculine partner, I really had to let go uh, of a lot. So, you know, I would say our, our dichotomy is very much I'm, I'm the person in charge in the business and Elaine is very much the person in charge in our, our personal life. I remember it was not is not very long ago that Elaine, uh, frankly, put her foot down and said, Nick, this is absolutely ridiculous. You can't be mowing our lawn anymore. And and no joke. Yeah, that was like five or six years ago. Yeah, that was, that was not very long ago that I was <laughs> mowing our lawn using my very valuable time to mow the lawn because I just felt like. I don't know, like I'm the man of the house and I'm supposed to do these things. I'd feel weird if I did, if I wasn't doing those things. I was, I was like replacing the brakes on our car because that was something that I knew how to do. And I enjoyed hanging out in the garage and doing it and, you know, commuting with my younger, less time valuable self. I don't, I don't know what, <laughs> uh, and, and no joke, that, that lawnmower, that lawnmower has been sitting in our garage for years. And one of our maintenance guys finally hauled the lawnmower out here just a few weeks ago at Eddie Lane's insistence. Like, Nick, I don't know what it's doing for you spiritually to to have that lawnmower sitting there, but I think it's holding you back and it's got to go. And so I I very much, you know, defer to my to my wife's leadership. She was the person that, you know, started hiring cleaners and everything and, and saying, yep, you know, we, we're hiring a cleaner for the business. We're hiring a cleaner now for our, our household. And, and then those two things merge. You know, we submit maintenance tickets to our property management company to go do the honeydew things at our, at our house. Uh, and And then... I encourage anyone to think very, very critically, just the way Elaine envisioned it, like, here are the two things I want to do in my house. Um, so we needed to go on a trip to bring Christmas presents to meet with family and bring our kids. And there's going to be a bunch of logistics. So we have a friend who loves um, uh, gift giving and wrapping and that sort of thing. And we were trying to help her, like, start a, a business, essentially, to do that. And finally, we said, you know what, do you just want to do this for us? So we, we came home and, uh, you know, like the day before we were supposed to fly out and there was a, a giant suitcase full of, you know, bespoke gifts, uh, you know, like really highly customized, thoughtful gifts that we had like just had like a fun ideation session with her to say, here's what a perfect, you know, Christmas morning would look like if we just had this magic suitcase full of gifts to bring with us like Santa Claus. And then that thing showed up and you don't have to pay a lot of money to someone to be Santa Claus. Like there's someone out there who's excited to be your Santa Claus mm -hmm. for a really modest sum of money. Like this leverage does not have to be that expensive. It can be 
fun and playful. And if you've got kids, like they should be in on this. And every aspect of our life, like I try to show up for my life the way I show up for like a like a cruise boat. I don't know if you've ever gone on a cruise, but like you don't have a lot of control. And, and this is something that I really struggled with for years. Like like there's an itinerary, there's a bunch of activities that you're you you leave the port at this time. You better be on the boat at this you know at this time. And here it looks like we're going you know uh, uh, hiking today. It looks like we're gonna we're gonna go whale watching today. And that's just what's on the itinerary. And you show up, you enjoy it, and you have a great time. But in our regular life, we at least for me, and I think a lot of you know people with dominant masculine energy struggle with this. They want this like feeling of control. Well, you know what? Control can it can it can be a the chokehold that really holds back the the level of life that we, that you get to lead. So that would be, you know, I don't know, a huge piece of advice that I think this is an area where feminine energy, uh, you know, should be allowed to dominate and and, and run free and, and be very successful, uh, especially if you give it the leverage that it needs and, and honestly does not often get. Wow. I mean, I'm just like, blown away of like your guys's descriptions and the way that you guys describe things of like the the cruise ship like that's such a good like visual of letting go of control of our lives how did you guys like what was the first thing that you did because i you said it didn't happen overnight so if somebody's listening and they're like that sounds great but how do i get that first how do i start moving in that direction yeah specifically like with leverage at our home yes yeah so you know tony robbins says that you know what if the worst day of your life was the best day of your life and this situation wasn't quite that bad, but um, I had a two-year-old, a three-month-old, and I was just returning to work. I was in residency at the time. So, you know, figure 70, 80 hours a week, and I fell and broke my ankle. And um, all of a sudden had to have multiple surgeries, non-weight bearing, you know, lots of pain, lots of challenge while I had a two-year-old and a seven-month-old. And so, you know, we, we get home from the hospital after the surgery and everything, and Nick was going to pick up um, our two children, Selah and Shepard, at that time from daycare. And I just remember saying, like, come home with someone. Like, just ask all of the teachers at school, like, can someone come home and just, like, help us for the next three months? Um, and so we found a lovely teacher who was a, a full-time teacher at our, our children's daycare. And she came, I don't know, two or three nights a week, maybe for about two or three hours. It worked out really well because she was already at the school. So after we built a relationship with her, then she was actually transporting the children home. So that was one less thing. I, obviously, I wasn't driving at that time. And then that was one less thing for Nick to do. And then we just built that relationship. We just said, wow, this is really nice. And then when I got the cast off and I had finished physical therapy, you were like, oh, like you should just stick around. You really like it. We really like it. And then just continuing to lever that, leverage that, continuing to build pieces. We just added the chef piece, what, like two months ago, yep. three months yep. ago. And we um, tried like the different mail order services. Like the stuff doesn't work out on the first try. Like you have mm. to keep you have to keep trying things out and you can't be too picky about it. Like you have to let, let go of control. Like we have people that fold our laundry for us. So clothes are in the wrong spot. Tough break. Like I have my favorite shirt. I don't know where it is. I'm probably not gonna be able to find it. There's, it's a not uncommon, probably about once a week, I have to order something on Amazon because it's been put away somewhere by someone. I don't, there's enough people in my house that I don't even know who, and it's a $3 item on Amazon. So like, and I, if I let myself get upset about that, then like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. You just have to find really good people to surround yourself with and just, just try it out. Whatever, whatever that works, uh, makes sense for you. You know, as an entrepreneur, I can tell you that every time I hire an employee, like that's a really healthy feeling of pressure of like, 
I need to keep this person busy. So who's a really high quality person in your life that w- you'd love to have as a bigger piece of your life and, 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 and keep them busy in the, in their areas of genius? You know, is it, mm-hmm. is it being Santa Claus? Is it mowing the lawn? Is it cleaning? Is it doing laundry? Uh, Elaine somehow found this woman uh, that uh, decorates our home. She comes in once a month and puts up seasonal decorations and like puts up our Christmas tree and takes it down. I love that Nick doesn't even know that there's like a job title for this. This is an interior designer. (laughs) Elaine was like, did you notice that our house has been seasonally decorated, you know, every month for the last year? I'm like, well, now that you mention it, it has been really nice around here. I, I didn't know who was doing that or, and it's not, it's not super expensive. Like, this is like the dream job for this woman that she gets a certain budget on Amazon to go buy some seasonal decorations and she stores the old ones. And we all love to have like a beautiful home to come home to. But again, that burden often falls on, on Elaine or or she's hassling me to put up the Christmas tree. And now we're we're not doing the two things that we do in our home. So like just there there is someone in your life. There are many people in your life this probably isn't like their main job. You know, we, we just, we just hired our Santa Claus person today as like a, like a recurring thing. Cause we give away thousands of gifts every year to our investors. We just love showering them with, with thanks. Uh, and we're like, man, you're so good at this. Like, do you want to just come work for us? You know, super flexible hours. Like here's kind of our gift giving schedule for the year. Like go crazy, see what happens. Maybe works out great. Maybe it doesn't. We're going to have fun with it the whole way through. Is that, is that work? Is that play? Is that, you know, like I, I couldn't tell you. And that's how I know we're doing something right. That's when I know we're, we're leading the integrated life. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately how we get leverage uh, in, our, in our personal life. These are all employees of our business, right? These are all, you know, on, from a tax perspective, these are executive perks that, that buy back time for our business. Uh, and I think when you approach it from that perspective, the ROI is off the charts on any of these individuals. So good. I love it. Just, just quickly. And, and I think you or Kara, somebody touched on this earlier, but you know, I think there's kind of two camps here. So they're like, oh, it must be nice, Nick and Elaine. Like you guys can afford mm-hmm. all of this. Yeah. Um, but I just wanna I just wanna make a statement and then ask whether it's true or not. I mean, you guys are able to do everything that you're able to do because you sacrificed and did these things or brought these people in. It's not the opposite, right? Like you didn't you didn't just become wealthy and then were able to do this. You did this because there was a pressure point which allowed you to go do what you need to do. Yes. Is that correct? A hundred percent. So, you know, I think I think one of the things that that entrepreneurship teaches us is that at first, you know, I know certainly my first experience with hiring someone in our business, like you think that it's an expense, right? And I think that that's healthy. It gives you a little bit of fear of can I make payroll if this person makes a commitment to me? Can I make that commitment back that I'm going to get their paycheck to them as I say I'm going to? But then you quickly learn that payroll is an asset that allows you to accomplish more, to, to, to cast the vision and see it come to fruition, whether that's in your business, in your home, you know, whatever that is, as you leverage time and expertise and people, you can go further, faster. You know, we, in real estate, it's so obvious that we leverage money, right? Everyone talks about well, what's your debt and what bank are you working with and where's your equity coming from? But leveraging people, and you know, as Nick mentioned, leverage, leveraging people in their zone of genius, that there's someone that's just like excited, like just wakes up in the morning and just really wants to do whatever that is for you in your business. You know, we have a leasing team. Those are people that love to wake up and make calls and do showings and go through the sales process. We have an operations team. Those people would die if they had to do lease showings. They're you know, looking at computers, putting entries into books, managing utilities, managing maintenance tickets. Our leasing team would die if they had to manage maintenance tickets, right? So find people's zone of genius and, and really lean into it. 
and create that opportunity for others. And exactly as you mentioned, in doing so, it creates opportunity back for you. And then you see that, you know, now it's it's like, well, who else can we hire? Well, what else can we, you know, how else can we scale this thing? Um, but but I do want to speak to, you know, that feeling because it's such a human tendency and I have zero judgment of it whatsoever of, well, it must be nice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I, I sometimes feel that toward people that are living you know, bigger lives than I am. And, you know, I, I, I want to you know, kind of bring it back home to the beginning um, that it's really hard at first, or it can be really hard at first. I remember months, years on end where Nick was working at his full-time technology job. I was in residency, so I was working, you know, 70, 80 hours a week. We were having children very quickly. I was pregnant double that. Half of my pregnancies have ended in miscarriage, unfortunately. So I was like constantly pregnant. And then we were building our real estate business on the side. And there was a day that I came home from working an overnight shift at the hospital. And I got home at like, I don't know, seven in the morning. And Nick had already left to take the kids to school and then to head off to work. And I had been chatting with him on text until like, I don't know, one in the morning or something. He had been you know, looking at deals and putting together an offer on a property. And when I got home in that sleep deprived state, I realized that like one of us had been working almost every hour of the last 24 hours. You know, he woke up, went to work, worked on our real estate business, went to bed. I was sleeping, woke up, worked on our real estate business, went to the hospital, worked all night, came home, went to bed. And I just was so amused by that, so intrigued by that. You know, I could have chose to tell myself the story that we were suffering, that life was so hard, that everything sucks. We're working our tails off. We don't even see each other. Why are we doing this? This is pointless. And instead, I just chose to be really amused. And I I remember in my sleep deprived state, putting on the song Good Old Days by Macklemore and listening to it like three times in a row and then just passing out from exhaustion of these are the good old days. And it doesn't take very many months of yeah. two really powerful, committed yeah. people working 24 hours a day, literally, mm-hmm. to get really far. Mm-hmm. And that was when we we built the building blocks that became the foundation that allowed Nick to leave his career in technology to run the business, that allowed me to leave the career in medicine to run the business. It came from probably a solid two years of almost 24-hour-a-day work that we were delighted to do because we saw a future vision. Yep, Absolutely. That response is so great because I think, you know, so many times when people have that pressure, you guys were definitely under pressure. And Mike and I were just talking about this the other day. Most people can't handle that pressure. And so they just bow out and say, hey, I'm I'm, I'm not going to because they can't see the future of what that's leading to. But there's so much power in pushing through that pressure and just recognizing when it is hard. That's something that we've been practicing a lot this last year is when you're going through a tough season, knowing that it's building who you're going to become. So I love that you brought that out because I think that's such an important lesson that everybody needs to know and remember is when you're going through the hard times to look at it differently, because we can be in that, like you said, that woe is me, or we can say, hey, you know what, I'm becoming the person that I'm I'm going to need in the future because mm-hmm. without all of that hard work, you guys probably wouldn't have ended up where you are. So mm-hmm. I love that perspective mm-hmm. shift and just giving people permission to own the tough and the times where we feel like it's pre- there's so much pressure and we feel like we're going to crumble, feel like we might not make it out. Like that is the time you're being made. Yes, yep. yes. Do, do today what no one else will so that tomorrow you can do what no one else can. Mm-hmm. And this, isn't, this doesn't have to be like an abstract rah-rah thing. Like if you go do one single family rental real estate deal. That's, you know, that's our, our, our business. That's the example I'm using, but it could be anything. 
that one property will pay for like your lawn care forever. So like, like, okay, I'm out of the lawn care business forever. Now could I do one more real estate deal? And now I'm out of like the cleaning business forever. Like, like it's, it's actually a really huge force multiplier. And then do you think you could maybe do two real estate deals instead of one deal in the future? Cause you're not cleaning your own home or mowing your own lawn. Like I think you could, and then it becomes this snowball that just, and, and that's how you can go from 3 million to 300 million in three years. Like it, you just, you just keep compounding that forward over and over again. I, I feel a little immodest about this, but we're, we're about to celebrate my 40th birthday. And, uh, and <laughs> my old man. Yeah. And, uh, I remember when Tony Robbins celebrated his 60th birthday and they rented out a stadium and they said, okay, we're going to have a fundraiser and anyone, cause you know, lots of people would love to celebrate Tony Robbins birthday. We're just gonna have everyone get together. We're gonna have some music and some food. And it's going to be fun. And we're going to have thousands of people. And that's your like birthday party. Like is Tony working? Is he playing? Probably one of those beautiful moments of his life. So we're going to, we're going to have a big old birthday party. It's not going to, we're not going to have a stadium, but, but that's the idea, you know, mo- modeling after people that we admire, like, uh, are we working? Are we playing? I, I don't know, but, but it's that, it's that snowball ramping up to, to whatever, whatever that level is. And there's, there's no, no upward limit to it. I hope, I hope when Elaine has her 60th birthday, we can fill up a stadium for that birthday party. So it's, it's not just like a money thing. It's like a, like just a pure richness of life. And you can only get that. Like, how much leverage do you need to have to rent a stadium for your birthday party? Like, no individual can pull that off. You need a team of people to pull that off. And so I think about that as like a like a goal, you know, that, that makes it very easy for me to to visualize what it's what a rich life looks like logistically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I Kara, it. I want to go back to something you said there. Um, a few minutes ago about, you know, the, you were talking about like when you're under pressure, like this, you know, you're telling yourself like you're, you're building your future self. Um, you know, so much of life is the story we tell ourselves, right? And I alluded to that a little bit of, I could have come home that day and just been bitter. Um, you know, I haven't seen my husband in four days and I'm working overnight and I, I don't even get to see my kid right now because she's off at daycare while I'm coming home. And instead, I just really chose to be very amused by it. Um, and, and all of us can do that. All of us can say whenever we feel that feeling of frustration or anger or sadness to just stop right there and just say, what is the story I'm telling myself about this? How can I change the story, tell myself an empowering story, and then life totally changes. And then all of a sudden, there's this flow and this ease and just this this magnetism toward the future that you know you just get pulled effortlessly. Um, you know the the thing that kept coming to my mind as you were you were saying that is no pressure, no diamonds. Like that's an empowering story. Or the breakthrough comes after the breakdown. That's an empowering story. So as you're feeling that breakdown, that's okay. I know the breakthrough's coming. Like this is the feeling that I sort of have to have to get to the next level. And if anything, I would be sad if I wasn't feeling this feeling. Like imagine how powerful that is. That while much of the population is shying away from those feelings of discomfort, mm-hmm. us high achievers are leaning into it because we're like, ooh, that's the feeling of growth. Mm-hmm. I know what that feels like. And then next thing you know, you just have this big, amazing life. So good. So good. Guys, we're at a, we got three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we might we're have great. to do a part two. <laughs> sure. going to do it. For sure. Well, in the interests of you know the audience and you guys, um, man, just what an amazing show it's been. And I'm totally down for part two. Where can people find you? How can people get involved in your world if, if they're a passive investor or they just want to learn? Where are you guys at? 
Yeah. So uh, anyone here can go to meetblackswan.com, meetblackswan.com. Uh, we're actually doing, so, so every month we have just like an hour of kind of like a free, well, it's supposed to be an hour. I think it sometimes goes for two or, or more hours of just educational content, a webinar. Uh, I think uh, our next one is going to be on, you know, on relationship and, and, you know, kind of working with your spouse, integrated life. So, so if you like what you're hearing here, I think that's going to be the next one in our, our series here. Uh, so you can just go to meetblackswan.com and sign up for our community hour or for our, our newsletter. Um, you know, our calendars are on there. Like we're, we're, I don't know, we're just kind of an open book and anyone's welcome to just block a time and, and chat with us. We're a very, I don't know, values driven organization and just, uh, people that, you know, kind of resonate with us. Like those are the people that tend to invest with us. And I, I don't know, I've never, never done a cold call in my life. That's not very fun to me. So we just like to kind of, I don't know, put ourselves out there and just offer value anyway we can. And whatever comes back to us is, is sort of what was meant to be. So, so if you've enjoyed this conversation, we'd like to have more of them, then go to meetblackswan.com and that's the way to do it. Very cool. And, you know, I think part two, we really need to drive um, into the business because mm-hmm. what you guys have built is like, extraordinary. So um, anything else? Yeah, just thank you so much for all of your guys' wisdom and for being vulnerable and open and sharing all the things. Um, I know that the audience will just love all of this. So if you got any value out of this episode, please make sure you share it with somebody who could benefit from it and let us know any golden takeaways that you got from it. And because we always love to hear that, share it on Instagram. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.